Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, darlings. Oh, my goodness. I am so happy to be back. Wow. It's been quite the ride. I just wanted to do a little check-in and a few parish notices before starting this conversation because it's been a hot minute and I missed you and I'm sure a lot of you are wondering what the hell's going on, what should we expect, who is she, where is she, top question I always get asked is where are you, Um, so first of all thank you Thank you to everybody that has sent me messages, DMs, texts, emails. You guys have been amazing. I've had so many questions about when the next season is coming and it's finally here. So thank you for staying interested and staying connected and in community. I love that. You know that I do. Talking of community, we are growing rapidly. I'm able to see that the podcast is being listened to all over the globe, quite literally. It's really quite astonishing. And there's one person that I want to say hello to. I got a message from a friend called Michelle, who's in Canada. And Michelle told me that she has a little sister called Joelle. Hi, Joelle, who loves the podcast and also loves my voice. I thought it was so sweet. It was one of my first little DM messages of encouragement when I started. And I said, I have to say hi to her. So hello, Joelle. Um, If anyone else is listening from anywhere in the world and you'd like me to say hi, do let me know. I should start doing that. Right, I'm going to get on with this and kick this season off with Mr. Joe California. He's every inch the hippie. He is an open-hearted, spirit-led, fabulous and also quite cheeky, actually, um, musician. Um, This conversation happened in a downtown hostel of CDMX. We have a few sound issues in this. You can totally hear everything, but I just want to make you aware there was a few sound bits. So ride through that and all should be well. I find this conversation so... It makes me smile from ear to ear. And I really believe that Joe shares some profound wisdom in this. 
I hope you kick back, enjoy, and feel as though you too are backpacking with a guitar through Mexico, having mycelium on hills and mountains. Um, Oh, and also, of course, please be mindful, whatever you put in your body, all views expressed are our own and we do not endorse any mindless behavior, only mindful behavior that might open your heart and soul. Okay, let's do this. The global African diaspora has been hungry for quite some time now. Bored of the crumbs so many of us have been thrown, we are now aligning to a deeper knowing that we are sun and moon folk. We are sovereign souls. We are the culture-making, code-switching vibes, vibes. We are the chameleons in cities and the creators in suburbs. We stand at the core of every trend the fashion industry churns out. We are the soul in the food, the hips on the beat. We are the bass and the melody. We are both the breeze and the fire. And it's time we remembered who we are. Welcome to season two of Monday Moments. Here is my conversation with Mr. Joe California. Welcome to this moment in Mexico City. I have been observing for quite some time the way people in our community have been growing, rising, and most importantly, being. And the person who is joining me today goes by the name of Joe California. Now, I have been moved to his spirit quite simply by the way he moves around the space. He is known in the place that we're living um, as a person who walks barefoot, (laughs) (laughs) which is a sign in the modern world of a free man. Um, I'd like to hear more about what that kind of freedom feels like but um I would love to introduce you all to someone who I find so so electric so free so talented and really so kind um so it's a real honor to begin this special season with someone who I just feel connected to spiritually Joe California will you say a little bit about yourself um maybe how long you've been in Mexico and then the little bit on the bare feet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess you could call me uh, Joe California. I am an artist originally from Cameroon. I was born in the U.S., but um, when I was two years old, my family immigrated back to Cameroon. Uh, my parents are originally from Cameroon, first generation. I'm mm-hmm. the first generation Cameroonian mm-hmm. born in the U.S. And um, we moved all over the place. I moved to Cameroon, Senegal, all over Africa, mm-hmm. Kenya, and then North, North America, yeah. Canada. And, uh, yeah, and so my first stop actually moved back. My first stop in the Western world was yeah. in Toronto, Canada. So, oh, yeah. so I did my last year of high school in uh, Toronto. Ah. And I also did university there. Okay. The University of Toronto in Canada. Nice. <clears throat> Why, do you feel a little more Canadian than American right now? Or not feel more. <laughs> I feel, honestly, nationality does not really feel like, um, I mean, yeah. I, okay, I feel like I am loyal to America in some way because mm-hmm. of the opportunities. Um, I mean the, the I mean the opportunities being American offers. Yeah, yeah. And um, and Cameroonian culturally, I feel no, I can't say Cameroon, but I feel I have a loyalty to the people that I know there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, to building a community. Yeah. In, in that space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, How do you feel about the community that's arising here in CDMX and the community, the global community that you've developed and connected with on your travels? Because you've been traveling, more recently you've been traveling quite a lot. You feel to me as someone who enters the space and quite quickly is 
in what feels like a family. Mm -hmm. um, how do you find that or how have you found that? Would you say that's a fair observation? Yeah, but I do know where it comes from, you know, yeah. uh, like what I was describing, my experience living in different countries and mm. going to these international schools mm. with people from different places from in the world. Yeah. So I get, I, I learned very young how to interact with people from all over places. But I think my training, my real training, I think I did a lot of customer service jobs in my life. Ah. But then the real training was working in the Apple store. Um, I worked in uh, my last, my last job before I actually started this trip was I was working in the Apple store. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm always curious about Apple store workers. They just seem like very cool, nice people. Yeah. And smart. So the key with Apple, like they usually, they seek for the personality. That's mm. the, that's a trick. That's, that's the trick they give you at the interview. Right? Yeah. People show up there. They think it's about how much totally. they, how much they key, but Apple knows they can train you. So they're looking for those personalities and that's really, so people with that kind of like, you know, the mm. personable people, the kind, the yeah, caring, yeah. you know, cause that, they Genuine. want that, they want the energy to flow in the customer interaction. So for me, I literally did it for four years and mm. you're talking about maybe 15 interactions a day yeah. um, or sometimes big families. And yeah. So you're interacting with people every single day, training how to connect with people mm. and how to, uh, so it's, it's, of course, yeah, it's literally the training of how to connect with people. Mm, so, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then obviously with the travels, it comes up. Okay, and the travels. And then, and then yeah. All, like, yeah, all of that experience. Experience, the hostels, going to hostels. But I think, yeah, all that, I mean, I also, I don't know. I just feel it's also something about being free, connect, makes people want to be next to you, you know. Let's uh, talk about this way of being yeah. free. Because um, I want to come back again to uh -huh. the Buffy. I know it's not a huge deal to you, but... When I think about it, actually, and look at you doing it, I see it as a choice uh, to, to connect. You're more connected to the land. Um, you're probably just thinking, I've just got my shoes off. Honestly, <laughs> I am not thinking science or going too deep into it. I like it's it. Like I like it. And I was like, why, <laughs> why, why, I don't, I'm not comfortable with shoes. I'm comfortable without shoes. But, but, but you know, that is that in itself in this kind of, set up in a city set up even though you know we're in mexico city we're not i guess it's safer than new york city and we are in a building um you don't walk out on the street no in mexico no. city <laughs> exactly. I'm sure okay you like in like in a beachy town yeah. yes yeah, like yeah. Oh, i wish i could do it in mexico city i can't i can't um, literally i was walking in the neighborhood today oh yeah. my god it smelled <laughs> like pee i had to literally walk on the main road oh. <laughs> Smelling like tree, you see like lines of like residue yeah. pee, residue pee right. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, no, it's the worst. But look, I, what I see it as a small act of rebellion in what is quite a constricted, mm -hmm. um, rigid life. And you do it, as you say, without any kind of. There's no ego around it. You're yeah. like I'm the barefoot guy. I'm giving you that in a way because I'm. I keep bringing it up, mm -hmm. but. Um, the, these small acts of rebellion in these times are very interesting mm -hmm. because a lot of people are scared to make them. Um, and I actually think that maybe I'm calling it an act of rebellion and you're seeing it as a way of being. Do you have any... But I think there's part of it is rebellion because there's yeah. a, I think within me there's always been a fire. I think the fire is being controlled, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that everything about control drives me nuts, mm -hmm. you know, and... I don't know. I think uh, I think it's been when a tricky I, time to be you then. Yeah, and I I don't know. I I feel like when I moved to America or Western world, I really didn't like uh, how a lot of African immigrants will move, immigrate there and will feel like they didn't have to be proud where they're from. Mm. Uh, some people will lie that they're Jamaican because Jamaican was being the cool thing, or or I just felt like um, 
when they walk in a room, they don't own up to who they are. They just like, they just like want to fit in so much. You know, mm-hmm. there's a fire. Then I think it, there's an angle within me that hates control and, be, and being like a sheep. You know, there's a yeah. way. Part of yeah. me that I, I always hated this since I was a little boy. Yeah. And I think when I saw it, I think there's a part of me that feels more of a need mm-hmm. to. Uh, to become and be like myself, like yeah. full self yeah. and own up to myself. I walk in a room and be my high energy. I think yeah. it's within all of us. Yeah. I think a lot of us, it's been repressed because we've been domesticated to yeah. repress it. But like, yeah. I, I know, I know it's within all of us mm-hmm. and I know, and I, I feel a duty to do it because I don't see a lot of people doing it. And right. I feel a lot of Africans walk in a room they feel like they have to fit in. They have to be accepted. I don't feel like I have to accept it. I walk in a room. I, 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 I take what I need mm-hmm. and, if you're gonna stop me, good luck. You know, yeah. we we'll compete. We we'll compete for it yeah. fairly, mm-hmm. but I'm not afraid of the fire. I'm. Uh, I, I believe in my abilities, and yeah. I and I believe and I believe in myself. And I think it's important for me to even believe in myself more yeah. because I hate when Africans. You know, yeah. I hate when they don't believe in themselves. I hate when mm-hmm. oh they feel like oh please please accept me. Yeah. Uh, that's I, and I, I don't I don't feel like I feel like I'm I'm already worth something. And yeah. if you don't believe me, watch me. You know? Oh, it's, it's I love that. Uh, I always wanted to like cuddle you as you were speaking um thank you thank you for sharing that i have a lot to say on that first of all um a question so in the uk there was a period where a lot of africans would lie about being jamaican because it it was cooler so this was the same way so toronto uh, the one thing that's similar about uh, Mm. i don't know about like but toronto and and um and London yeah. have a very similar relationship musically. There's a weird, co- oh. there's a weird culture. I think because there's a the same kind of uh, population immigrated there, oh. a heavy Nigerian population, a heavy Jamaican, Jamaican. Oh. and then you know how the Jamaican culture since Bob Marley have been have been cool. Since Bob Marley, Jamaica mm. has been cool. Yeah, has yeah. been the symbol of cool. You wear a Jamaican flag since Bob Marley. Yeah. You were automatically in the cool <laughs> category, right? So like I think, and I think it evolved to a point where like when I moved to Toronto, like the if you were listening, if you could move to Toronto back then, like the top 40 was every usual stuff you listen in the US, but you had to include Jimmy, uh, reggae, yeah. soca, or music coming from the Caribbean. It's mm-hmm. always part of the genre. And I know that's the same thing that was happening in England yeah. as well as, um, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Wow. Interesting. So, so I'm not surprised. Then, yeah. 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 Exactly the same. And then the other thing that you, oh, again, you've shared this so eloquently and it is, it is very much in the fiber of your being this thing of being a proud African, but you do so without this, you do so without a raging ego. It's kind of like, it's as though it's within your 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 blood. Well, it is within your blood. <laughs> um, you are that man. But I want to know, I wonder if you're able to unpick or identify the ways in which, I guess, having a bit of your childhood being raised in Africa shapes that. And just quickly also to reflect, I think for me, even though I was born in Kenya, I left um, Kenya when I was three, but what made me know my queendom and my regality was being around African women so much. And so we kept that. And I didn't go back, but I had that through my my mum and my aunties. So what is it that, as a black man who spent time in Toronto and then America, who would have moved through very many systems which have tried, that would be trying to tell you everything opposite to what you you intrinsically know. What is it about your time in Africa that made this, made you know this? Um, this is a quite a long question. Yeah. Do, um, do you get it? But like, um, <laughs> Long-winded, but do you get it? What is yeah, it? But I know, but Can like, you identify the pieces of your childhood that really made you know this thing, have this, you know who you are, you love who you are and you're not afraid to stand in it 
Um, I guess I don't, I don't know. I think there's a part of me that is, um, I don't know, baby. Uh, it's who you it's, are. It's who I am, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I get a sense it's of it. so it's hard just, to say. You're like, wait, this is just my spirit. It's just who I am, yeah. It's just who you are. Uh, yeah. I'm a, yeah. How, okay, so I'll, I'll pose the question okay, in okay. the opposite way. Okay. How, how have you coped with the narrative in America and the global narrative in terms of the way headlines are sometimes? towards how you should be as a man or the fears that you should feel as a man specifically as a black man do you listen to those do you are you engaging with this stuff like no yeah. i mean for me i don't okay so the thing is you have to i i see the big picture the big mm. picture is uh every i mean like media has been a great tool to accomplish certain things for society right mm-hmm. um so and a lot of this media i've lost my trust um mm-hmm. How can you say this? I, I don't think. Uh, I guess my earliest memory uh, of understanding there's some kind of thing happening here where there's a force, there's a force trying to tell you to think a certain way. Mm-hmm. I think I remember this as a. I still remember this. You remember this as I a remember young, this as, as a young. young I must have been four boy. or five years old. Wow! And I, it was the Gulf War was happening on TV, mm-hmm. and my parents grew up in the U.S. I'm in the U.S. right? They did uh, university in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So they are very pro-America. Like yeah. uh, so, every opinions are very pro-America, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But my my also, thing is sorry, just quite unique. Your parents obviously from Cameroon, but they studied in America. Exactly. Okay. Right. So they're quite. Educated? Yeah, so yeah. my father got his PhD in the US, but mm-hmm. both my parents got scholarships to the US. Mm-hmm. So they're scholarship kids and mm-hmm. got a. So, and. Um, Not that having those things makes you any less educated in Africa, but I'm yeah. just saying, I'm thinking about their generation being able to get those PhDs. In I mean, yeah, like, my, I mean, I mean, I mean, my dad was one of the special ones. I mean, like, yeah. the scholarship only, like, three people like in three the people whole country in yeah. that one year got it. So I know who he is. Like, he yeah. was the top of the class. Too. Yeah. So that's why I grew up. I grew up with a dad that was a, a star student. Yeah. You know, he yeah, yeah, went yeah. every level in the school system. He was at the top, you know, mm-hmm. and he ended up being a professor, had a management organization. But the negative for someone like me growing up with that is like, I'm from in Africa. The curse of poverty, the mm-hmm. curse of poverty has made like we don't live from the heart anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't live from the heart anymore. We stuck. That's like the disease. It's a disease that a lot of people were not African. We don't know, but people who've been inside and yeah. who've been outside kind of can reflect and see it. You know, they yeah. see it in the little. That's the reason why when people make a choice for a job, like a service job, which is for the people, yeah. that we don't do it because it's gonna be helpful to the community they do it because it's going to be a high paying job yeah that's yeah. the mindset of the african community uh the, the cameroonian i can speak for cameroon yeah, yeah. and um yeah to me i think that's the uh, i think people- i love that was a very powerful thing you just said african people we don't live from the heart anymore the curse of poverty and and you speak of it as though with the knowledge that it's a curse in a way that it, it's very much been put on the continent yeah it's like a p- poverty makes you Poverty, the easiest choice to make with poverty is to, is to, to think like, okay, I can only think about survival. Yeah. That's the survival yeah, yeah, yeah. move. And in the, and in the general thinking that will evolve out of that is like every move that you make, mm. that's what job is going to be for making money. Mm. And that's created a generation of people that just think that way. And yeah. then, uh, and that's created, that's the corruption. That's yeah. the reason why when a, a person, you ask a little kid, what is he dreams to become? He will tell you he wants to become a minister, mm. but he doesn't want to become a minister because a minister is going to be a, uh, a, a public, 
a public figure, a public person, a public chosen person that is going to help the community. Mm -hmm. He wants to be a minister because a minister has a big house. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's rich. He's notable. He's notable. He's respected. He's respected. Other people respect him. Other people respect him. So that's the disease. And also, and it's also included with the fact that we're very community oriented. So that's like, I think, I don't know where I was going with that with the heart. Well, I yeah. think um, we're talking about from people, live, African people living from, from the heart, understanding how the what the curse of poverty is, mm -hmm. um, what it does to you, restricts the mindset, <laughs> and then making those kind of like choices that are not, yeah, not from the heart. So you're choosing these roles that are not really like heartless. Exactly. And, and yeah. maybe going back to what I was saying before, my first memory was like, I remember watching the Gulf War and thinking, they, uh, my whole room, my parents, everyone was trying to convince me that whatever was going on, that the U.S. was on the right way. I don't know if the facts were right or wrong. I just didn't. I just remember feeling that this wasn't based on opinion or logic. It was just based on me having to believe it because they believe it. And I just remember thinking, oh, now I remember that my first time thinking I have to watch myself. You know, like you know, like I have to think for myself. I think that's why. I think since I was a little boy, I've always stuff for myself. Like, yeah. Wow. I mean, so, yeah. That that, so that says. There's two things there that have actually settled in for me now, which I didn't know about you. So um, your dad's background with education and how much oh. of a scholar he was. Okay. Um, sorry. Oh, right, right. And, then, and then also just your awareness as a young boy, um, which, which I guess has fed into this moment. Quite often with us as a peoples, um, the dias diaspora, we, we're trying to build something new and create. And quite often I see it that we are doing it from a place of response and or hurt from an, an old system. You move with a sense of your being because this is your way of being. You're like, no, I'm Joe California. <laughs> exactly. The thing is, yeah. So I understand that the world uh, see through the lens of race. Right. But I don't think I have to uh, lower my, my, my spiritual thinking to that level just because the majority of people think that way, right? So I Just will... another beat, wait. Just another beat. Another <laughs> beat because I don't... Because we're going to have to unpack this because, no. you know, some people might feel triggered by that. Some people who completely identify with their race and only mm -hmm. have identified with their yeah. race might think that is a statement of someone who isn't proud. But it's more than proud. It's You're more than beyond. proud. I'm beyond, but I like I'm proud of my history, of my ancestor, whoever came before me, because I wouldn't be here without them. Mm. It's completely ridiculous to ignore it. But I'm thinking from the biggest perspective, which mm. is the I mean, I always want to evolve and I've always seen it that way, but I think uh, sometimes I keep it quiet because mm -hmm. it's not popular. Like you said, you're going to mm -hmm. be attacked because the world is seeing, is still, they want to evolve from racism, but it's still identify with race. It yeah. doesn't make sense from a, from my mindset. Mm. That's just the way I think. Mm. But it is reality. I'm not going to affect the fact that people will see me from a certain way and they would think less of me because I'm black. Mm. It's something that happens, mm. you know, because that's a reality. So I know that exists. Mm. But I'm just speaking from the higher spiritual level. Mm. I know I am more than my race. Mm. I am a spirit living in this being, navigating through this world, and I happen to have a dark skin. 
which is great. And but like other people have other skins, but I see deeper than I think they are deeper for them. I see every person more than their skin, you know. Mm-hmm. I see them as people, but because the people of my color have mm-hmm. been, um, I feel like the media is still attacking them mm-hmm. in uh, spirit, uh, mentally, mm-hmm. and there's still a lot of people buying a lot of things they are selling. Yeah. Is uh, is creating? Uh, is, I don't like. I don't like this happening. And I feel like if I'm alive, I'm going to fight to make sure that make sure that uh, we're we're winners. You know, <laughs> or, or even you're 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 flowing in an opposite direction of what that that narrative is. I'm not even interested not, in a narrative. In a fight. But the, the thing, the only thing is, like, I, I am not gonna allow them to. Because to me, I think you have to understand what the real fight of racism is. It's not. It's really them looking down on us. It's really them thinking we're not good enough to, you know, it's like, you know, that's the thing. That's the mm. cop, the cop stopping you because you don't think you, you belong in that car. You, you don't, most of you black people, uh, being black is being poor. Being mm. black is being less educated. Being black is, uh, yeah, that's the idea that they want you to force. And I'm not going to accept that, you mm. know. Mm. I, I don't want pity from anyone. I know we're worth something. And I think that's why, I think the continent, we have a lot of young people. Mm. And that's well. Oh, that's yeah. well, you that's know, our superpower, that's right? a superpower. And then we, and then this is the age of technology mm-hmm. and then and innovation. And I think if we, I really believe in us going to that field of innovation mm-hmm. and just, I mean, literally just being able to compete. I think they have, they've done a lot to keep it, us out of a lot of races. Mm-hmm. And I just want us to get back into the race again. Yeah. You know? Oh gosh. Yeah. Well, sitting next to you, I feel like we never left it. Honestly, it's so good to, to feel that vibration from you, so pure. Um, I'd love to get to the heart of your heart and this moment, which I think an experience that you told me about that opened your heart up both creatively um, and into, I guess, um, and this was an experience in Oaxaca. You can talk as much or as little as you like about it. Um, um, uh... <laughs> because, because, you know, it's going out. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if you want to go before the journey, but um, I went to Oaxaca. I went to Mexico for nine months. Yeah. And Oaxaca was about maybe month six. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mexico has been, I guess, a, a rebirth for me as a creative. I mm-hmm. think uh, I, was a re- I was a creative that kind of let the art go. Mm-hmm. And I let myself just, I don't know, something I was off, off, off. And I was just traveling, searching for something. I don't know what it was. And music stumbled on the way, you know, and, um, but still something was off with me. I don't know. Uh, I guess, uh, personally, I guess I know, I know something, I wasn't fully there, you know, mm-hmm. and then I, I went to this place, this special place in the state of Oaxaca in mm-hmm. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mountain town. Mm-hmm. It's called San Jose del Pacifico. It's very legendary for being a town. Where you go and take the mushrooms. Mycelium. <laughs> Magic mushrooms. Mycelium, yeah. Medicine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of the earth. Of, of the, the earth, earth, of course. And you, it's like, and I went there in the right season, mm-hmm. during the rainy season, mm-hmm. when it's still fresh with the mud. Mm-hmm. And it was my first time. And honestly, I was really scared. The first bunch that I bought, I, okay, so I got them from this lady. I'm not going to say her name, but yeah. she's like kind of a, she's like a normal lady. She has a nice store yeah. with beautiful clothes. But yeah. She also sell beautiful marijuana beautiful okay. mushrooms yeah. and they're super fresh and she they look so colorful yeah. you can tell she picks them up herself and yeah. she gives you advice because she can tell based on your personality so what is great about um 
had a woman in uh, in uh, San Jose. Is, um, she, she was great to give you advice to feel safe because I think the first time I bought my brush, I I was too scared, so I literally rot. It got rotten, you know. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, was, so you didn't take them right away? No, I didn't. Okay. So I had to go buy them again. Okay. And, uh, but, okay, but this isn't the magical woman up in the mountains. This is a pre-woman. That's her. Oh, this is. She's the woman who sold me the stuff. Okay. So she sold me the first bunch. You didn't take them. Didn't take them. Went back again, and but this time I got it, but it was really fresh. Like mm. she got it the day before, and then I took them. So uh, the trip began. I'm gonna. You want to go through the journey? I, I would. I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Because it opens. It will open up into the music. Okay. And there's a song from it. So for months, okay. So for months, I okay. So I for months I've heard of uh, from travelers to go to this place called San Jose because of the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't know I was going to try them, but a lot of them were telling me it changed their life, mm-hmm. and it was too many people telling me it changed their life. Yeah, yeah. And so I got there with the expectation it's going to change my life. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, when I took the mushroom, the yeah. mushroom, I actually took. I was supposed to take like a certain amount and wait two hours, you but then I forgot. It. I forgot about the wait time. I ate all of them. <laughs> And then, and it's, and I still, I see that it didn't kick in. So I decided, okay, let's just go on a hike. And it's like, it's a while. I don't think it's an hour, but it feels like an hour. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, this is not going to happen for me. It looks like, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to stop, uh, trying to seek for this medicine to heal me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to try to do healing myself. I'm just going to enjoy this hike. The moment I said that, psh, my eyes start becoming blurry. <laughs> and then it's like, and then. I don't know. And then my eyes are kind of blurry. It's like, I think it's the transition period. Right? Yeah. And then you walk. I can't believe you had a blurry eye transition period. Yeah, it was like, because you can see, I think people don't really pay attention. You have really have to pay attention. But I think yeah. some, if you pay attention to what's happening, your eyes can become, and you can like get watery and you kind of play with your eyes a little bit. Wow. And then that's why I think things become magical. And then you, uh, but I'm still walking, not knowing mm-hmm. things are happening. And then I look at, uh, at a tree. It's moving. <laughs> And then I realized, okay, I can't work it. So I went back to my house. So I enjoyed. So I enjoyed for a long, a long time the experience of uh, seeing things breathe and the magical of life. You know, the beauty, seeing the the shape within the shapes. Only people with mushrooms understand. But like seeing through your third eye. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy Ooh. to the normal person, but I I discovered mm-hmm. the third eye this trip. But the most important part. Okay, the most important. Part. Um. So I actually, so I went back to my room and I looked at myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I looked at myself and I said, oh my God, I'm good looking. Oh. I was like, oh my God. And you are. No, but in my eyes, I wasn't. Yeah. The highest mountain finding in the forest, in the soil, medicine to cure me. And now I see beauty. I see beauty in myself. Oh, now I see in my eyes. I wasn't, you know what I mean. In my eyes. I'm the kind of person that sees the beauty. At the moment, I realize I'm the kind of person that sees the beauty in everyone, but never really truly myself. I, I, I may have lied to myself, thinking I was, but I wasn't. Like I don't think I fully believed I was, you know. And I looked at myself like, oh my god, and I kept looking at myself. <laughs> And then, and then, um, and I remember, uh, okay, so I was traveling with my, a good friend of mine. Her mm-hmm. name was Min. 
And at some time in the trip, he said, so we begin, we did the, the thing, we, the way we work on our trip, we mm-hmm. spend the beginning by ourselves mm-hmm. and then we meet up sometime uh, in the trip. Yeah, yeah. So she had one of the best rooms in this hostel yeah. with a view of the, the landscape. Yeah. So I knew to go there. Yeah. Something, my voice kicked in, go mm-hmm. find me. Yeah. So I went to find her and we're downstairs laughing, of course, having a good time. And then we decided, I don't know why we go on Instagram and she never looked at my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then she started looking at my old art, you know, like I did a lot of graphic work. Some are very creative, like very unique. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've done so many of them that I got so caught on that I, I never even thought because people didn't give me a lot of compliments in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. I was making this art and then a lot of people didn't give me compliments, but it was just myself. And but I do have a lot of followers, mm-hmm. but it still didn't equate to me why, mm-hmm. you know, and I was hanging out with and Min is looking at my work and she's like, oh, my God, this is you. Yeah. Oh my God, get why you have a lot of, cause she always heard I have a lot of followers, but she didn't even understood why. Yeah, She's yeah. like, now I get why. <laughs> and then I looked at my work and it was like, as if I was looking at it for the first time, I was like, really? I did this. You could see yourself for the first yeah, time. Yeah. And I think that's what this whole trip was about. It was a lot of times where I'm looking at myself, I'm like, Oh my God, me. And I think, mm-hmm. I, I think that's why it is. I found my beauty, you know, and that's why oh. the first song of my album is called, uh, I, I see, I found myself, you know, it's the song about finding mushroom myself in a mushroom because yeah, that's what it was. You know, I found my beauty changed. I think it's a little thing, but it changed everything. A lot of mm-hmm. things in your life because you don't walk in life through like, you know, thinking you're not enough. Mm-hmm. I think in the relationship, I always thought I wasn't enough. That's mm-hmm. why I wouldn't approach the girl that I thought was too hot. Mm-hmm. Or, or if I thought the girl was amazing, I wouldn't think she was good enough for me. So I would just settle for the girl that was in my mind was less, yeah, you know, it was yeah. just, and or in or different in your, ways in your art you yeah. wouldn't follow through with your art if you couldn't see the beauty in it exactly and so like that seeing all of seeing the beauty in all of those ways opened you up and enabled you and to enable me in many ways i mean to be able to i mean the energy you see here is like an improvement i think mm-hmm. i think i wasn't always as free okay so yeah so it happened that trip happened right after mazunte and mazunte mm-hmm. is where the barefoot happened oh okay so, so tell me about well why don't you tell me tell me about mazunte you started walking. So my room is is my favorite place in Mexico. Oh, so, okay. So uh all okay. so I went to a lot of places, stopped yeah. and uh I always mm-hmm. heard so I, I met I think I remember one of my best conversations was with this Irish guy in St. Cristobal. Mm-hmm. It was an Irish guy that broke his leg during I mean during the trip because yeah. he was defending another Irish friend who got drunk and you oh. know, you know Irish Classic. guy. Yeah, I know, I know. I hate to be stereotypical. Oh, I love an friend. Oh my god. Yeah, he was protecting him and now he got injured and his friend is okay. okay. So his friend feels guilty everywhere. He carries everything for him. It's just the funniest relationship. But both of them spent some time in Mazunte mm-hmm. and Zipolite. These are hippie towns. And it yeah. said, you gotta check one of them. One mm-hmm. of them will be for you. Mm-hmm. I went to Mazunte and automatically it was for me. And I went to Mazunte first for four days okay. with a friend, with a group yeah. of friends. So it's more of a group trip. Yeah. So I wasn't there for myself but I bonded with the town mm-hmm. but my group of friends weren't bonding with the town mm-hmm. so it kind of didn't make me really stick with the people I was meeting mm-hmm. but I always remember the back of my mind oh you know because I was starting to learn music and mm-hmm. I was saying I would love to move back I mean just it thought in my mind I would love to move back here and be a hippie yeah. and play guitar every day yeah you know and just get better at music you know mm-hmm. back then I wasn't writing so I, I was just learning songs but mm-hmm. not writing songs mm-hmm. and then uh I mean I went to Puerto Escondido yeah and I got lost in the party lifestyle to a point where I was like losing myself. And oh, okay. But the one thing I was always doing is I was always chasing hostels that had a guitar. Okay. And so that's when I realized I wanted to be around that, play more of this because yeah. I was learning songs and I wanted to play more and learn yeah. more songs. So I decided to before. So I decided to 
moved to Mazunte to clear my head. It was supposed to be just a weekend, mm. but before I bought to Mazunte, I bought a guitar and, okay. uh, and I moved there and that's where, and um, I ended up staying for two months. <laughs> Two months. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the story of Mexico is yeah. say that you're going for two weeks and end up there for two years. So, <laughs> so Mazunte, before Mazunte, I didn't have a beard. I was like clean cut all the time. So I was like all full beard. And uh, before Mazunte, wow. I was, yeah, I didn't, I mean, I was kind of learning to play the guitar, but I wasn't, yeah. write, I wasn't writing songs. Yeah. After Mazunte, no shoes, mm. uh, wear shoes. Literally, I went to San Jose the first day in the mountains, you know, cold, raining. I was walking, no shoes. I went all the way, hiked all the way to my hostel in the in, in the, the mountains, Murphy. barefoot. That's how much I didn't want wow. to give it up. <laughs> okay, the next day I had to wear shoes, but <laughs> but I, I wear you can tell now. Yeah. Any chance I get, you can tell now. Any yeah. chance I get without wearing shoes, I take it. You know, yeah. yeah so like that's where I can. Wow. I think I was born. I think my full. I kind of, and then San Jose was right after. San Jose was like the fine finalization of after, the growth. After Mazunte the growth. and Oaxaca. And then Mazunte so, was first. And that's where the music yeah, the and music. the creation of Joel, uh, Joe yeah. California. Yeah. And then I went to Oaxaca. Uh, no, I went to San Jose. And San, that, Jose. San Jose was the finalization. Uh, and then I began, and then I went to Oaxaca, Puebla, and Mexico City. And now you're here. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. I just had no idea that there was such creation happening behind the scenes on this land. Actually, this leads me into what I would love to touch on a little bit mm -hmm. is what do you think about what Mexico is offering in this time for peoples? Um, because there's definitely something about it. Had you been to Mexico before? No. I mean, you've obviously just described what all these different places have given you uh -huh. very clearly. But um, do you think there's something magic? happening at the moment a hundred percent um so <laughs> in a world we are, this is okay this is the the world now mm. fear is taking over the world mm. you know and uh everywhere it was closed yeah a lot of people wanted to stay indoors mm. but there were some people out there that life is about much more than just life and death they have mm. the passion there's something about them that's about much more than life and death and mm. that's what and they felt that uh covid was restricting them mm. so there's something in them wanting them to get out and a lot of them were uh, people were already used to traveling mm -hmm. so they knew of places mm. that they could find other places out there yeah and out of all these places in the world if you really think about it, the really, truly open place was Mexico. Right. The one that offered you the least amount of restrictions yeah. for that kind of mindset. Yeah. So the one that created was um, a movement of the only place in the world where you, I mean, you could be. You could be. You could be, literally. And then, yeah. and then it created just, and then, I mean, I feel like it's just a mingling of all these minds, mm. allowing themselves to be free, mm. just creating this thing. This thing is happening mm. here. Mm. I mean, you can feel it. I can, can feel, feel it. it. And feel I mean, it. all of us are growing. Something is happening. I mean, things that have happened to me, I mean, have been like literally magical. Things that I have wanted to happen for two years are happening in two months. I'm like, huh? Me, things Wait, in 10 what? years like, happen in one, in one nine months. <laughs> it's like it's like something is happening here it's like i don't know something about because i think i, I don't know i made a choice i made mm. a choice when i left the u.s i was literally saying no to the old life mm. i was saying no to the way i was before and yeah. i was like i was just giving my chance to something new yeah not knowing what was happening yeah and out of it things came out of it and yeah. it was just i don't know to me it's like you know people talk about faith in a religious way and, mm. but like i think Faith has to be where there has to be risk involved, like yeah. risk, like real risk involved. Yeah, yeah. That's really a true test of like, of faith. Of like religious faith. 
and I think that's my and that's what it is. Like, the, are you gonna live through the head or the heart? You know, mm. like the world will test you. Yeah. Are you strong enough to live through the heart? And that's where a lot of us who are here did. You know, we uh, yeah. We we give, we're, we're giving a choice to the heart, and and it was and it was risky business. It's in risky the, in business the, in the current world that we know it as we know it. Um, the, it's crazy because they were quite simple heart led choices, but in this climate, it's risky business. And but we had to step into it mm -hmm. to to know it and to live it. Uh -huh. um, oh, it's so exciting. Um, anything else you, you feel like you missed on? on we can go back oh, on something you missed you on. Made me so. You've reminded me why I do this. Why? Well, just, I love meeting souls like yours. What do you mean by my soul? What happened? What like, just like... To be honest with you, I... I, I your okay. way of being. You see, honestly, all these ideas in my head, but, you know, they don't come out because, you know, people don't know how to get them out. You kind of got them out. It's really interesting. Well, I was wondering how this was going to go because I, I know there's a lot in me, but, like, it has to be... Someone has to know how to pull them out because mm, it's so much, you know? You just have given... You've given such magnificent gems. I can't really. Yeah, I can't express it. It's really important. Important. It's it's fully you, but it's really important sharing. As in, I feel like you've given something that I know is going to sit on the hearts of people and inspire them. Okay, I'm just worried if I was speaking too fast because I speak. No, we smashed it. I'm really happy with that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying this podcast, please remember to like, subscribe and share. All of the music you heard on this episode was original music by Joe California. You can follow him on Instagram at Rolling with Joe. I will leave that in the show notes. Joe is currently in Mexico City working on his second album and will be releasing music in October. So be sure to look out for that. Once again, thank you all so much for listening to Mondo Moments. I have to tell you about these miniature gun models called goat guns. My guy loves building and collecting them. I was most surprised by the complexity of these models. They're really high quality. His dad and friends always ask about it. And if you ask me, these get a little too much attention around here. Shop for yours at goatguns.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.